All right, episode 10 of Whiskey Throttle Radio. You know, first off, I want to say thank you all for listening. I appreciate the support. This thing's grown each and every episode, and uh, it's really cool. So I just want you guys to know I really appreciate the listens. On this episode, we'll have um, Dark Side from the Moto X Pod show uh, call in, and we talked to him about the Millville National. He drove up, made the trek from Texas all the way up, um, did some media coverage up there, and also raced Amateur Day. So we talked to him about some good old dirt bike racing up in Minnesota, man, and uh, Eli Tomac's amazing moto, too. So he joins the show for the first time. Hopefully, we'll get him on some more. We have a new segment, Kaminsky's Corner. That's all I'm going to say about it right now. You'll have to listen to see what it's all about. And to round out the show, we'll have Jeff Walker, the Michigan native, uh, rejoins the show. We had him on after High Point. He's had some bad luck since then a little bit, but turned his luck around at Millville. Had some pretty solid results there. So we talked to him about kind of what's been going on with him and his plans for the remainder of the series. As always, um, you know, subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or wherever else you get your podcasts from. Uh, follow us or follow us on Instagram, like us on Facebook, and uh, check out our website. It's www.whiskeythrottlemedia.com. Enjoy. from the Moto X pod is Dark Side. What's up, buddy? What's going on, man? How you been? I'm doing good, dude. Just baking in the South Florida heat. I'm sure you feel the same down in East Texas. Yeah, it's very hot. It's, you know, about 100 degrees today. I don't know what humidity is, but it's enough to suck the life out of you. Yeah, I went for a mountain bike ride earlier, and I, I almost died. I went like five miles. So <laughs> I don't know if that means yeah, I'm right? out of shape or it's just hot. I'm going to go with it's just hot. I, I'm I'm both, so I'm out of shape, and it's very hot. <laughs> Definitely, man. Well, hey, you made the trek up to Millville, Minnesota from Texas. How was your weekend, man? Was it good? It was amazing, man. It was my first time ever going. I've got some buddies, uh, Shan Garcia, who owns Shock Socks, one of my sponsors that goes. He's been going for like 15 years. Takes a group almost every year, and I finally made the trek, and I'm just beyond glad I did. It was beautiful. Probably the best run track I've ever been to. And, yeah, just had an amazing time. I heard the weather was pretty good up there, too. Uh, yeah, you know, we got there um, Wednesday morning, and it, it kind of rained a little bit that evening. And then overnight it unloaded on this rain, and it was so muddy for Thursday practice and Friday. Or maybe maybe it rained Thursday night. Kind of mixed up after such a long week. But got a lot of rain. It was real muddy on race day Friday morning. But by the end of the day, the track was pretty worked in, and the track crew just got it perfect for the Saturday pro race. Yeah, I I know I was here, and they're they're pretty concerned about the rain. Um, I think you kind of saw that with the track; it didn't look to be ripped nearly as deep. Uh, the sandals were pretty uh pretty rolled over too. So, but it, it turned, yeah, there was almost. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was saying it turned out to be pretty good weather though on race day. So definitely saturday and sunday was amazing and yeah there was almost no whoops whatsoever for the friday race they do an amateur race on friday the donnie smith memorial 
And then on Sunday they have another uh, amateur race, and they did. There was no whoops whatsoever on Friday. Yeah, that's what I was hearing. Um, well, hey, let's jump right into it. Uh, I don't know if you've watched the TV program yet, but Eli Tomac in that second moto, man, I thought my TV was on fast forward. I really got up and had to mess with it because it was unreal. What was it like to watch that live? Um, yeah, first of all, that's the only one I haven't watched back on TV yet. I got to watch the other three, the the two, both 250 motos and the first 450 moto. But yeah, live, unreal, man. What what I was telling some buddies is like in moto one, I was actually in the uh, announcers tower where all the team managers are. Wasn't supposed to be there. I got kind of asked to leave afterwards, but I was able to get up there for that one moto. And it's basically right after the finish line. Then they went over a double and made the left and crossed over the start again. And Eli was getting on the gas before he even made the left-hand turn. Like the other, Kenny and Marvin would make the turn and then like a normal person accelerate. Eli was on the gas before he ever even leaned over and made the corner. Like, his speed is just unnatural. And, yeah, second motor, same thing, just coming down those hills. And I don't know, he's just he's just different. He he has to just, like, see things slower than anyone else. I would assume. the way he hits these ruts yeah. and stuff, it's at full speed. It's unreal. Yeah, I would assume. I think that's something James Stewart used to say is, like, he just – his mind or, you know, the, the time it takes for it to get from his eyeballs to his brain is just, yeah, it slows everything down, you know, and I, you, that's probably true. That's probably just he's born to do what he does. Yeah, I wish you know, I wish I had that quality. I wouldn't hit so many trees down here in the Florida woods <laughs> racing hair scrambles. Yeah, I mean, that cross-country stuff is gnarly, man. You guys are hardcore. Uh, yeah, I mean – it's, it's definitely fun. Uh, it makes me feel better. I've talked to a couple of pro guys that have tried some of our races, and, and they say the same thing. So it, it makes me feel better inside to know they think it's tough, Right, too. yeah. Oh, it definitely is. I, I did a little cross-country racing when I was younger, you know. And, yeah, man, I, I was so slow. I'm slow at motocross, too. I was really slow at that because I did not want to hit a tree. Yeah, you know, it's, it doesn't hurt as bad if you just hit it really hard and knock yourself out, what I remember, so... <laughs> Okay, well, maybe I'll keep that in mind the next time I do a cross-country. <laughs> well, you know, going down, <laughs> going down the results, Ken Roxon 2-3 for second overall, and uh, he's starting to look back to form. Um, he looked really good at Thunder Valley and then kind of changed up the suspension there and struggled a little bit after that, but these past two rounds, he's looked really good. Yeah, he's definitely, I mean, honestly, I didn't expect him to be as good as he was early, and, uh, you know, he had a little bit of a slump there for a round or two, but... He's he's on his way back. You know, he admitted in the press conference that you know it's still there's still things he's got he's got to get back in race shape. You know, he can practice all you want, but you, he has to be at the race to get back up to speed. And to, you know, you you just can't practice for that. And he's still having some wrist issues here and there. He he said that you know um, some of the downhills and sometimes going through some of the whoops. You know, he he there's more force on his wrists, his arms, and he feels that. So. I think by, by Supercross, I think he's going to get back to the king we all know. Yeah, I sure hope so. You know, it's always good to have uh, a, like a handful of guys that can win races and run up front. I mean, obviously, Tomac is absolutely killing it right now, but I think Ken Roxon of old form um, is right around the same speed. I, I want to ask, though, so, you know, because being at the race is so much different than watching on TV. Whose lead was bigger, uh, Ken Roxon that first moto or Muskin that second? What was the question? Who was what? Which lead? Who had the bigger lead? Um, oh. Um, man, um, I would say probably Marvin's from what I remember. It, you know, I'll be honest, 
when you go to these nationals, I'm sure you've been to, you were Muddy Creek. Um, like it's hard. You miss a lot of stuff. Like it's really hard to focus like you would on TV. You're watching different things. So, uh, but in my mind, I think Marvin's was bigger. Um, that's kind of the way I remember it. But I'll be honest. I mean, I was moving around a lot. I was trying to see different areas and. Unfortunately, when you do that, you don't really get to focus on maybe some of the things I should have been focusing on. Yeah, and it's tough, you know, just because uh, you really see all the battles going on when you're li- there live at the event, too. So you might be focusing on, like, the Phil Nicoletti-Cooper Webb battle in 7th and 8th, right. you know, and then you miss some stuff up front. It's just how it goes. Yeah, you know, I was in certain sections, so I would just see this particular section, and I would miss everything that happened on the other side of the track. So... You know, but being there is obviously a blast, but watching it back on TV, you catch so many things that you didn't see. How How is the viewing at Millville? I've heard different. I've heard it's good and I've heard it's bad, so it's hard to tell. From well, me. you definitely can't see the whole track, but you can see pretty good portions of it almost no matter where you are. Um, like I said, the first, the very first 250 moto, I was up on the hill where they go up the big triple. I was like in between the two sections where they go up and go down. Mm-hmm. Um then the first 450 moto, I went to the manager's tower and watched there. I moved over by the sand loops at another time. So I was all over, but I think the viewing is pretty good. For the most part, you can see everything other than, like if you're on the main part of the track, you really can't see the sand loops. You lose them until they come back over the chatapult. Gotcha. Gotcha. What about, what about that downhill, man? Uh, how gnarly was that live? Because, like, I was at High Point, and the TV doesn't do any of those hills there justice. So I'm sure right. that downhill it, was steep. It doesn't do it justice at all. I think somebody said it was a 47-degree angle, which so that's that's pretty pretty scary. Um, I'd say it's somewhere in the neighborhood of 250, you know, yards long, 300, probably longer than that, honestly. Um, and just watching those guys, like, okay, so amateur day on Friday, we did not go up the hill at all. We went around it. Okay. Um, so then I'm watching the pros in practice. I'm watching the pros on race day. I'm like, dude, I don't want to ride that track Sunday. I don't want to go down that hill. Even though we were only going halfway up and halfway down on Sunday, I still that thing is scary looking. Mm-hmm. But then when I actually rode it on Sunday, I was like, oh, okay, it really wasn't that bad. Like it, it didn't. I think Glen Helen was worse to me, but I wasn't on my own bike at Glen Helen either. So, yeah. Um, but at the speed they're going, like in my opinion, if somebody was to swap or you know they they might die. Like that thing, I can't imagine the speeds they're carrying coming off a bike at that incline. Yeah, they're they're wheeling down it, which is I was watching with my dad, and that was unreal. We both like looked at each other yeah. like, "What the hell are they do? like?" Ooh, I'm I'd be just dragging the brakes all the way down if I was them. Oh yeah, dude, definitely that's pretty much what I was doing. You know, I might accelerate just at the very very beginning, and then I'm on the brakes. Mm-hmm. And I asked Aaron Plessinger about that in the press conference, and he said, "Yeah, you know, we're not really accelerating down the hill." Is what he's telling me, but I'm like, "Yeah, you definitely are. You yeah. can see how they're gaining speed. They're they're on the gas." And, man, it doesn't seem possible. You sit there and watch it, and you're like, no, that's not possible. He cannot do that. It almost seems like they're they're just hoping they don't crash. And and I think Aaron kind of admitted that the first time. He was just hoping that he would be able to do it, and he did. <laughs> so, yeah, not to mention there's probably 100 ruts in that thing, too. You know, it's not flat or smooth, right? No, it's definitely not. There was a lot of breaking bumps. Once you got off the, the first level where you kind of – they would plateau and then go back down again – Man, there were some big breaking bumps going down that thing. So, you know, they never really showed Baggett much on TV, but 3-4, he looked to be a little bit better than he's been. Uh, how do you look out there? To me, he looked really good. I think, you know, he's been he still had that thumb injury kind of nagging him a little bit. He hasn't been able to grip like he wanted to. 
Um, I, I think he's just going to keep getting better, though. You know, but, you know, Eli and Marvin are just on a different level right now, and that's just the way it is. But Baggett looked really good to me. I think he's still improving. I think that he'll get, uh, you know, he'll get up there on the podium. And I call it in the next two weeks. I don't know about Washougal. I don't know how he rides there and that hard slick stuff. But next two rounds, I think Blake's going to get a podium. Yeah, I hope so, man. Um, uh, I've got some mutual friends with the Brother Brothers that know them pretty well, and they help my buddy out. He's riding GNCCs. And then uh, they're also from my hometown of Miami. So I always kind of root for their team, and it's pretty cool to, to watch them come from, you know, just their brothers racing, and now they got Blake Baggett racing for them. So it's pretty cool. So, yeah, I hope yeah, they're on the podium. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're a team that I really enjoy and I pull for, you know, I mean, obviously I'm a big fly racing guy and JT, um, a friend of JT Money's, you know, uh, Jason Thomas, mm-hmm. he, he's helped me out so much that I support that team anyway. And Blake's one of my favorite riders. He's my producer, TJ's favorite rider. And I really like Benny, man. I got to meet Benny at Muddy Creek and then again, talk to him this weekend. And I just, yeah, that, that's a team that, Kind of like JGR, I think they're just um, not as, like, stressful. Like, the environment's not as stressful yeah. as some of the factory teams. And and they seem like they're really a bunch of good guys. And, yeah, definitely a team I like to see do well. Of course, I want the teams that aren't factory teams to do well anyway because I want those privateer-ish, non-factory teams mm-hmm. to keep coming and, and be able to continue doing what they're doing. Yeah, you mentioned, like, Benny, like, Third, he got third in a moto last week, and I was, or two weeks ago at Red Bud. I was stoked. Yeah, just it's so cool. Yeah, yeah, we had him on. We had him on that that following Tuesday, and man, he he had had a really up and down day because I think he had his worst moto and or his best moto and then his worst moto of the year the same weekend. Yeah, this is how it goes sometimes in motor. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> lifts yeah. you up and then brings you right back down. Yeah, that, that's life, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, moving on to the 250s. Uh, that was a statement ride by Aaron Plessinger and Alex Martin's home track. Literally, his home track. What What was the last question? Oh, I was saying, moving to the 250s, uh, Aaron Plessinger, man, that was a statement ride. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Oh, you, you said something about um, Alex's home track. And yeah, he, um, yeah, I think Aaron is just uh, a little better right now overall. I mean, um, you know, I don't know that it's set up or anything like that. I think Aaron is just – he won that Supercross championship. He's got all that confidence. Um, he knows he can win, and I think Alex is at a point where he needs to win, and I think there's a big difference. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I, it doesn't seem like the pressure gets to Aaron anyway, uh, but like you said, uh, Alex Martin's kind of been losing points here and there each week, so the pressure's definitely on to do good. But I, I couldn't imagine, like – I don't know. They say it's so much different on a race day, and I'm sure it is. But just getting the first moto is one thing, starting in the back and working your way up. But getting passed on your own track, you know, that's uh, it's gotta be such a bummer. Yeah, I, I mean, I can see that side of it too. But then I think at that level of rider, like they can go to any track, anybody's personal track or any track they've never been to, and they're just all so damn good. Like I don't, I don't know if being your home track really gives that much of an advantage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just I I think that the main advantage would just be uh, confidence more so than you know riding there. Um, just yeah, sleeping yeah, in your you own bed know. the night before to you know just like comfortability and confidence. Sure, sure, absolutely. You know, and Alex talked about that a little bit. You know, he had a lot of friends and family there, which you know that could be a negative to a degree. It might you know maybe he's too worried about dealing with that stuff. He said it wasn't, but you never know. So. 
you know, and then you build that pressure up. Like everybody's like, hey, this is Alex's home track. He has to win. He has to win. That's a lot. Like you said, there's a lot of pressure to have to deal with. I don't want to have to deal with that kind of pressure. That is very true. Um, it's funny, you know, going into we for our cross country series, we have different clubs. So in the club I'm in, man, I I ride that track by you know, 20, 30, 20, 25 times a year. And it's, yeah. I, I do the worst there, you know, and it's kind of that, I'm probably the same thing, you know? Right. Yeah. You know, you, you, cause you go in, you go, oh, this is like one of our local tracks, Johnsonville. Um, it's part of a series I run and I'm thinking every time I go there, I'm like, I mean, I got this. I know the, the quick lines, but sometimes guys are just better. That's all there is to it. It doesn't matter that I know maybe a, a better line. They're just a better rider. And, and I've built it up in my mind where it should be a piece of cake and it's just not. Mm-hmm. Yep. That makes a lot of sense. Um, hey, Justin Cooper, he's struggled kind of the past few rounds, but quietly very good at Millville, 4-3. And this kid's good. I I see a championship one or two years. What do you think for him? Yeah, I agree completely because he, he's confident. Um, he's he's a really nice kid. And, like, yeah, I think his confidence just keeps building because he knows he can run with those guys, and he obviously has the talent. Um, he's not, it doesn't seem like he's getting any pressure that's bothering him. He may be under pressure, but it doesn't seem to affect him. And yeah, he's definitely somebody that I think was going to be one of the top two or three guys in the next couple of years. Yeah, for sure. And he seemed, you know, watching him ride just on TV, really, because, uh, he also had a pretty rough muddy Creek when we were there, at least in that second moto getting tangled up with, uh, J-Mart. But, uh, he just looks super smooth, doesn't look out of control ever. And, you know, for in the 250 class, that's huge because, Usually these kids are all over the place. Yeah, yeah, definitely. He's definitely smooth. Um, I did have one of the other riders' uh, family members tell me that they don't like Justin the way he rides because he's very, very difficult to pass. Mm -hmm. Now, I mean, I don't know that that's a negative. That's probably a positive for Justin, but I guess this other other rider was very frustrated. Like, he hates being behind Justin because – I don't know if it's just line choices. I didn't really get details. It just, yeah. they weren't thrilled, but you know, but yeah, Justin's going to be a force to be reckoned with for sure. Yeah. And it's definitely the thing, you know, growing up, not riding the winter and stuff too. I think it's going to make him have a very long, successful career. doesn't seem like he's yeah. going to get burnt out or anything, you know, just kind of getting really good right now too. So, which is great. Yeah. 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 That's a key for sure. You know, another rough weekend for pro circuit, uh, Savachi. <laughs> grabbing the holy first moto he was great here last year one um and then going down that's kind of just been his whole season and then forkner looked to have another podium in the bag and then i don't know if you saw it or not they didn't really show it on tv but uh it looked like he went down with the lapper in that second moto yeah he was not happy obviously um i talked to austin right about the time they're going out for practice and man i was like hey hopefully you won't get taken out today and uh you know go out there and get a podium, man. And he was on it once again on, on route to get a podium. And yeah, I think he, uh, he landed, they, they showed the tail end of it on TV, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I think he landed, he landed on the guys what it looked like. And I, I don't really know how that happens. Cause if you're looking ahead, you should have seen a guy unless the dude came over on him, which we can't tell, but, um, yeah, it's a bummer, man. I like Austin. I know a lot of people were kind of negative on him cause you know, he's a young kid, man, and he gets fired up, and he, he throws temper tantrums sometimes a little bit. But he's got a lot of heart, and he wants to win. He expects to win, and um, I like him. I like his family, so I hate it for him because I just – I feel like he deserves to win. 
Yeah, def- definitely. He's the kid's got talent. We all know that. Um, I'm not probably the biggest fan of Austin either. I really, you know, I hated his haircut, but now he's got a shaved head, so maybe <laughs> maybe it'll be better. I don't know. Uh, the the whole the thing at what was it Hangtown, right? Pulling off. That seemed kind of weird, but I've never really been yeah. the, the biggest Forkner fan. But obviously, I don't want to see this keep happening to a dude. You know, obviously, I feel like if you have speed to to win races and you're some, it's just out of your control sometimes, which is how it is for him. You know, it's it's just a bummer to see. Definitely. I mean, I don't want to see any of these guys, um, you know, just like have such bad luck. You know, I want to see everybody out there racing and competing. In, but it's a motorsport, and you crash, you make mistakes, things break. It's just part of it. Unfortunately, he's had a lot of bad luck lately. Kind of like Alex Martin, you know, just mm-hmm. having all these weird crashes. That it's just they're they're going through some bad luck. They're in a slump. Yeah, definitely. Well, you know, hopefully he can figure it out. I think he's. I think I remember him being pretty good at Washougal um, the past couple of years. So maybe he'll get it done and stay out of, uh, or some riders will stay out of his way and won't bump into him and knock him down this weekend. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, if you get the whole shot, all that stuff goes away. So maybe he can get a start. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, we haven't really seen him grab too many great starts either. So maybe, maybe that's all he needs. Um, but hey, I saw on your Instagram, uh, you got some hardware this weekend racing up at Millville. Yeah, man. Um, so I tell you, we, we had amateur day on Friday. That was the Donnie Schmidt Memorial. Um, really, really muddy. Terrible start in Moto 1. I just rode like feet down like a goon the whole way. It was so freaking slick and muddy. Um, but I got a fifth. Second Moto, it dried out. I got a better start. And um, took, came from about fourth or fifth into what I thought was the lead. We were double gated with the women, which, you know, there were some really, really slow women and some really, really fast women. So I kind of was working traffic on the second lap and got out, and I thought I was in the lead. But halfway through the second lap, I saw another rider pretty far ahead that I was like, man, that dude doesn't, that doesn't look like a girl. So I mm-hmm. started charging, and by the last corner, I was right on the rear wheel, but I couldn't, make, couldn't get it done, so I got second. I went 5-2 for second overall. I was pretty happy with that, you know, all things considered. Yeah, definitely. And then on, go ahead. I was I was gonna tell you about Sunday, but go ahead, man. What, no. what were you gonna say? I was gonna say, do you think they thought you were a girl with your ponytail? <laughs> I keep it tucked in, man. It's under okay. my uh, under my body armor and everything, so I don't know. And it was it was kind of cool. I had a lot of people that knew who I was, so there was a lot of that on the gate talking about Pulp and Mex and mm-hmm. our show. And so I don't think they thought I was a girl, but you never know. It could it could, it could happen. Oh, I I just but, picked, uh, I pictured you with ponytail just flying in the wind as you're. You no, know, dude, I, I tuck it inside my uh, I tuck it inside my Fly Rebel chest protector, and then my jersey goes over the top of that. It's all tucked in nice okay. and tight. Okay. All right. So, well, tell me about out. tell me about Sunday. You kill it then. Well, uh, first, I'm, I was going to say, you know, if I came off the bike with my ponytail as long as it, it might get wrapped up in a sprocket or something. <laughs> that that would be no good. Oh, that'd be so gnarly. That'd be brutal. <laughs> yeah, it'd be bad. So. But uh, Sunday, man's conditions were perfect. Um, first moto, again, not a great start. I've been really bad at starts this year. Um, but I worked my way up into second place and chased the guy down and just, again, couldn't make it happen. I wasn't jumping the Chatterpult, wasn't jumping the uphill triple after it or the big uphill triple. I just wasn't nothing up and going for it. But neither was anybody else in my class, so it's okay, I guess. Um, last lap of the first moto, the triple after the Chatapult, man, I finally hooked it and uh, made up a lot of time, but didn't didn't ever get to where I needed. I was second place. Second gate drop, 
second moto, man, I went for it. I had a good start. By the time we got through the little left, right in the 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 whoop section, mm-hmm. I was in first, and then I just cross-rutted and dumped it in the sand, and everybody went by. So I had to get back up, and I worked my way back up to third, and that's as far as I got. I went two, three, four, third overall. So I threw that win away. Um, just a little too impatient. If I just chilled out, I probably would have been fine. Yeah, but, two, you know, two podiums, though, you know, at least you, that's not nothing to be too upset about. I guess, you know, it's like a bummer, kind of like Austin Forkner deal, you know. Yeah, yeah, you know, win, well, but. you know, you know how amateur racing is, and I, I don't know what your age is, but I do vet racing. So when you're out there with your buddies, really the goal is to beat your buddies. Mm-hmm. And um, my buddy, Shan, who owns Shop Socks, he's out there on a 252-stroke. And him beating me, man, is what killed me. He got the overall win. No, I take it back. He got second overall. But um, he went 3-1 for second overall. But that was what killed me, man. Him beating me just, just you know, I couldn't get over it. All The whole ride home, you know, he's ribbing me and giving me crap, you know, and beat, about beating me on this two-stroke on the hills. And it's hard to live that down. Yeah, I was going to say, it's probably, what, a 15, 15 at least 15-hour ride for you probably? Yeah, I think it was right at 15. Yeah, that's yeah. a, a we, long we way to, <laughs> to get you know, it was, smack talk. It was. Down. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and this that won't stop until next year if I go again. You know, he's going to trash talk until next year. So, And he has it right. He earned it. <laughs> yeah. Um, how was that track, though? Because there's, you know, Muddy Creek's one, but there's very few tracks that I, like, watch on TV when they're or even live. And I'm like, wow, that actually looks fun to ride. Like, High Point did not look fun to ride, but Muddy Creek did. And, and watching Spring Creek, it looked pretty fun to ride. Spring Creek may be my favorite track I've ever rode on. Um, my local track, Johnsonville, has been my favorite for years. Spring Creek is at least tied. If it hasn't, it may have surpassed it. It was pretty amazing. Yeah, it definitely, it definitely looked cool. I have to try to get up there. That's a, a long way from Florida, but, you know, maybe I'll yeah, happen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you need to make that trip one day, man. It's, it's really fun. The weather's good. You got the creek, which is cold as shit to swim in. Um it's it, just good people, man. Like everybody at the track, whether it be um, the sign-in people, the gate guy, uh, I wish I could remember the names because the guy that runs the gate, his son's a pulp fan and listens to our show. And uh, even the kids that are running around picking up the trash, like they're mm-hmm. like clockwork every 10 or 15 minutes. And they're so friendly. Um, just amazing. Like that you could tell that the whole, um, all the employees are almost like family and they've been there for years and they love it and you can't beat that. It's just a great experience. Yeah. And, but, I mean, I, I think that, I think that's just motocross as a whole, you know, anywhere you go and I've ridden in all different States along the East coast and it's, it's the same thing. Everyone's just so nice. Everyone's there for you. They'll, you know, give you a shirt off their back. It's, it's just motocross, man. Definitely. Definitely. It's a, it's a family unlike any other sport I think that I've ever known. You know, you can have, you can, do softball or baseball or whatever and, and travel with the team, you know, but it's not like motocross, man. You could go any, to any track in the country and, you know, park next to a guy, and by the time you leave, you're best buds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, so for those of you who don't know, Dark Side of Here has got his own podcast show as well. Make sure to check it out, Moto X Pod. Uh, how'd you get involved with those guys, and how's that going for you? It's going good, man. So um, about two years ago um, – my buddy TJ Smith, who I have raced with for years, him and Mark Poole and um, Phil, uh, got, 
dang, I can't, my, my mind is blank on Phil's last name right now because he's not part of the show anymore. I feel stupid. But um, Johnny and Phil, they started the show, and they were just talking about their local races. And, um, you know, and they would talk about watching Supercross on TV or whatever. That's kind of, it was just something they did for fun. And they all, they knew me because I call them the Pulp Show all the time. I'm a nerd. So they invited me in to sit in one night, and I did, and I had a blast. And after that, they invited me to be part of it full-time. And um, I knew a lot of the local Texas big-name pros, you know, guys like Dennis Hawthorne, who have been around forever, Arena Cross champion. I knew Billy Whitley, who's run teams, Charlie Bogard, um, a bunch of Texas legends, basically. And, and I was just able to get them on board to come on the show and do interviews. And from there, it just started kind of growing. I had a buddy that knew Robbie Raynard. I got Robbie on. Um, met Guy Cooper at a local Texas race. Got him on. Texas Guy Cooper said, hey, you're friends with Trey Kennard. Would you ask Trey if he'd come on our show? Trey texted me like two days later and said, hey, man, I'll do it. You know, so I got Trey on. Then we went to Lakewood National last year, and that's really where things kind of broke open. Um, Pro Circuit was there on press day. I talked to all those guys and just, told them what we were doing and they gave me their phone numbers. Like it was, I was surprised, but I got all those guys' phone numbers. I got, um, Josh Grant's phone number, you know, and then throughout the weekend, as they came, the rest of the guys showed up, hit up Blake Baggett, got his phone number. And they actually answered when I texted and, and came on the show and it just started growing. Um, I don't remember what the numbers were two years ago, you know, might've been 50 or a hundred listeners, something like that, a couple hundred maybe. And, you know, two years later, we're, we're around 3000, which I think that's, not bad, considering, you know, guys like um, Steve Mathis with Pulp and Daniel Blair, you know, they're they're industry guys. They're they're champions. They're pro mechanics. They've been in the industry. They have huge numbers. They have names. We were nobody, and I'm pretty happy with where we are right now, and it's just going to continue to get better, I think. It's it's a lot of fun, and I really enjoy going to the races and, and introducing myself and getting to know these guys. Yeah, it's definitely cool. You know, like the one thing I've realized since starting this is how, you know, not, I wouldn't say easy it is to get in touch with these guys, but how willing they are to come on the show and just talk to you about dirt bikes and stuff. I think they love it as much as I do and you do talking about it, you know? Yeah, definitely. I was very surprised, but really the only, the, the elite guys, the Marvin Musk, uh, Muskan, Eli Tomac, Jason Anderson, and, um, there was one other one that I struggled to get a phone number for, but those guys, you pretty much have to go through their PR rep. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Kenny was pretty clear. Like he doesn't really like doing podcasts very much is uh, his, not his PR guy, but his, uh, oh, I'm blanking. The guy that whoever sets all his interviews up pretty much wants only people. It has to be shows with big numbers or he's just, it's not worth his time. And he was pretty honest about it. He wasn't a jerk. Mm -hmm. He was really nice, and um, that's fair. But those are the only guys that I really struggle to get. Um, Marvin always talks to me at races. He's hard to get on the show. I'm working on getting him on in a couple of weeks. Eli, same thing. He'll talk to me at the races. He doesn't really want to do podcasts at night. He's been honest about that, and that's fair. You know, he'll do the Pulp Show, but it's not something he does regularly. But the other guys, man, yeah, they're they're all about it. Yeah, it's you know it's definitely cool, and it, it makes it cool for you know a guy like me to talk to these guys and stuff. It kind of makes me feel a little important, especially. It's definitely cool to go to the races too and talk to them, um, and just kind of build connections, like you like you said, you yep. know, and build up. Your yeah, story. man, I'll I'll tell you, you know, two years ago, you know, I'm just a regular fan like anybody else going to races and looking on the other side of the of the the banners at the trucks. Going, man, 
sure would like to, you know, wish I could sit down and talk to this guy for a while, you know, and now I can go behind the, the banners and I can go up in the truck and talk to the guys and do interviews. And I'm a Kyle Chisholm fan. That's my favorite rider, you know, and I literally, I just did a interview with him earlier today. You know, I mean, that's pretty rad to me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's, it's, you know, I've had some really cool experiences at St. Louis uh, Supercross. I was sitting in the back of Chad Reed's truck talking to Goose because I helped that team set up at the rounds I went to. We're just sitting back in the back of the truck Saturday morning and um, Zach Osborne's walking by and he turns and looks and and turns and comes towards the truck and walks up and just shakes my hand and says, hey, man, I just want, what's up? How you doing? He'd only met me one time before, but he acted like he knew me, you know, and that's freaking rad, dude. Those guys are awesome. I have not met an a-hole in the industry yet. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely it's, – uh, it's a big misconception. You know, growing up, I thought all these riders were – we're like, you know, like too cool for everybody and stuff like that, but they're just regular guys like you and me. Yep. Yep. Definitely. Yeah. They, they are very, all seem to be very down to earth for the most part. And it's, it's, I love the sport, man. I love it. I love what we do. And I just, and uh, I love that I got a chance to meet you at Muddy Creek and uh, man, I'm stoked that you're starting this thing. And the more, I don't feel like it's a competition, you know, I think as long as there's respect, that all the podcasts can do well and it's just more um more entertainment and more you know more news getting out there hey yeah the more the better i <laughs> i haven't listened to radio in like three weeks just because i've been listening to pulp i listen to your show you know uh listen to some other sports shows it's the more the merrier yep i agree 100 percent. you know and and i think it's cool you know and mathis is really cool as long as you're respectful to him and i've always made it very clear that with him that um Man, I don't. I'm not trying to steal any of his content or even his guys. You know, when I had Kiefer on the first time, I uh, I emailed Mathis and I said, "Hey, I'd like to have Kiefer on, but to me, he's one of your guys. Is that okay?" Mm-hmm. And I, I know he appreciates that because I've been told. You know, Travis Dungoon has told me that hey, he really appreciates how you handle things. So I think it's um yeah, as long as there's respect, we know that Mathis is king, and um yeah, I think as long as there's respect, there's room for everybody. As long as you're not stealing content, you know, um, there's been some shows that I know have stolen content from Steve and he's kind of on, he's on watch for that. You know, he, he's a little bit on edge, not necessarily on edge, but you know, he, he, it's not cool. He, he obviously has the most content and the, the biggest influence. And if you're taking his content and not giving him credit for it, it's not cool. But other than that, man, I think, yeah, all, all fair. And there's, there's room for everybody. Exactly. I couldn't agree more. Well, hey, Darkside, thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, I really appreciate it, and it was great talking some dirt bikes with you. Yeah, man, uh, I appreciate you having me on, and I want to get you on our show here in the near future. Um, I'll, I'll get with you, and we'll get you scheduled, and we'll talk about it. Yeah, that'd be sweet. And uh, Supercross schedule hasn't come out yet, but it's looking like there's going to be some rounds kind of in both of our areas, so we'll probably see a lot more. Yeah, definitely. I'll, uh, I'm, I'm going to try to make as many as possible, and um... – and yeah, hopefully you'll come down to Texas to a couple of our rounds and we'll hang out. We'll, we'll go, maybe we'll do some interviews together or something. Yeah, for sure. That'd be awesome, man. Uh, thank you very much. Yeah. Hey, before we go, I was my, the guy, one of the guys that started the show, Phil, Phil Gates was his name. I want to give him credit because he, he was, uh, he was one of the guys that started it. So I want to throw that out there. All right, cool. Glad we got it. In. All right, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Appreciate you giving me a call, man. And I can't wait to hear it. Of course. Uh, have a good day, man. You too. Yeah. All right, before we get into our interview with Jeff Walker, 
trying out a new segment. It's probably going to be really dumb, but it might be kind of funny. It's called Kaminsky's Corner with my old college roommate, Michael Kaminsky. What's up, buddy? How you doing? Uh, not bad. How you doing, Kurt? I'm doing pretty good. I uh, hope you know you're interrupting a little bit. Uh, motocross was on TV right now, and now I have to do this podcast with you. So, way to go. It's okay. I'm going to have a great take for motocross, so you're basically going to be listening to it while you're not watching it. So, you're all set. True. Uh, before we get too far into it, um, how much do you know about motocross, man? Um, I'm going to be honest here, next to nothing. I know a few things. I know um, step-ups, step-downs. Um, I do have a question. Lucas Oil, it's a big sponsor for uh, motocross. Is there any relation to your last name? No, I wish. Okay, just wanted to clear the air with that. All right, I was confused. I had that in my notes. Okay. Um, but, yeah, no, I know next to nothing about um, bropping and dirt bikes or anything like that. Gotcha. Awesome. Great to hear so what I what I did was I assigned Kaminsky to watch the 450 Moto 2 from Millville this past weekend. As we all know, if we watched it, it was a great race. Um, so what are what are some things you saw that stuck out to you, man? Okay, so um, first off, I noticed a guy named Bogle. He had a hot start. Um, Whole shot for like the first. Yeah, for like the first like lap, and then um, kind of slowed down. And the announcer said something that I think you should coin is pretty funny. Um, they said Bogo on Bogle, which is when I think two riders pass him at the same time. Yeah, on the downhill, uh, Marvin Musgrave. Yeah, he, yeah, he couldn't he couldn't do the downhills very well. I think that's because he's from Florida, and we don't have hills here. He's not from Florida, but uh, good choice on that. He's from, okay, that he's makes from, sense. He's from Oklahoma. Oh, well, they don't have a lot of hills there either. Um, so been, then I noticed again. I've flown over it once on one of my trips to Vegas. So no, I haven't, but I've been in the airspace. Okay. What are you going to say next? Um, I noticed that towards the second to last lap, I'll keep in mind, I lost the volume halfway through this, and then I just watched it on silent with my thoughts. Um, towards the second to last lap, he made a conscious effort to gain places. In, in the standing. So he was at like 20 and then he came down to like 12. And I was a big fan of him right from the get go. Um, but he obviously didn't win. Who, Vogel? Yeah. Are you sure? No, yeah. Tomac won. I, I took that I, in my yeah, notes. I know. I know. Hold on. Hold on. I'm pulling up lap times. Flat uh, chart. Here we go. Let's see if you're right or wrong here, Kaminsky. I have a feeling you're wrong. It's just what I feel, you know. Uh, yeah, I well, I think you're fucking wrong. So can I curse on this? Uh, you just did, so yeah, I guess you can. All right, cool. If I don't, if I can't, just edit it out. Uh, yeah, you know what? I guess you're right. I, 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 I can't find it, but we'll we'll take that take from you. Um, I, t I I looked at it, and then I the the thing across the top was running, and it said he was in like 20th place, and then he came down to like 12th the final lap. So he obviously made an effort to not do as bad as he did. But in the end, he didn't win. Um, the guy, Eli Tomac, won, and I took notes on him. He's a strong rider. He makes good inside Brock turns when he comes down the hill. Um, he was the clear favorite of the announcement. All they did was say his name, except for Bogle on Bogle, which was, again, very fun. Well, he, is a, he is defending champ, number one plate, so popular guy. Yeah, but, you know, how the mighty fall, so. Um, all right, well, a little backstory here on Bogle. The dude was killing it last year, uh, won two motos, won a race, 
and he's been hurt. So this was his third race back. He's been struggling. His first few races back, and this one was a little bit better. But yeah, he did fade quick on the Bogo on Bogo. You, you had that. I was pretty proud of you for having that take right there. I, I think you should, you should term it as yours and then get shirts with it because I would wear that shirt and people would ask what that is and then I'll tell them where it's from. Me. Well, you know like three people, so that's three people that would ask. That's three more people that we're going to have listening to the podcast because I have such a hot take. Gotcha, gotcha. So did you, you, you mentioned Eli Tomac. Uh, he won. Yep. Passed that where? man. Did you think that Marvin Muskin was going to win, though, the guy that was leading the whole time? No, I didn't um, because uh, Tomac was, again, the clear favorite announcers. They kept saying his name over and over. So I thought that was a good indicator that he would probably win. Um, but I did see Musquin was a good bropper. I have that in my notes. But he had, um, he had a huge lead, though. He had a few leads. Um, he had a couple of good step-ups and step-downs. Um, but uh, he, he obviously wasn't the winner. It was Tomac. Eli Tomac, actually, is his first name. I know that. Well, he's Tomac was incredible. That was probably one of the better rides he's had this year. Um, the way he rides is insane. Like he gives no fucks, pretty much. You know, he just holds it wide open. So he's basically me, but a dirt biker is what you're saying. Um, I mean, yeah. If if working like comparing to being a degenerate drinker, then yeah, you're the Eli Tomac of degenerate drinking. Then yes. All right, I'll I'll take that, and that's going on a shirt too. Okay. Um, now I. I have some notes here on Roxon. Is that how you say his name? Yep. Um, he, was, he was not a favorite. The announcers did not like him. I could tell right off the bat. They just had the negative tone towards him. Um, he seems like a good, consistent third to fifth place rider. Like, he's never good enough. But, again, I don't know his past story. But he just seems like he's not that great. He's always consistently not winning in, like, the top, top one. Top one. Yeah, he's, he's won one moto this year. Uh, but, actually... You know, I'll have you look it up after we get off the phone here. I'll send you a link to his crash. Um, he had a big, bad crash 2017 Supercross. Almost had to amputate his arm. And then uh, missed a whole year of racing and then had another injury. So he's just he's struggling coming back from injury right now. He's put in some good races. So he's weak. He's like you, yeah. His arm's weak, but your whole body. Did he weak. did he break his collarbone? Because I did that. And uh, I came back to, to flag football not only uh, two weeks later. Well, you, you broke a collarbone playing flag football with a bunch of shorty girls. It was for a good cause. Anyway, 2-3, that's, that's good. That, he got second place, Kaminsky. Yeah, I got that. He's, he's, not, a, he's not a winner. He's a second placer, which is it's not first or last. Um, so I have a question here. I wrote down in my notes. Why don't the other riders do as good? There's like 30 riders, I think, right? Am I, am I on the money? 40. So why is it that only, like, they talk about 10 and the last 30 tended to suck and stay, like, a bunch of distance behind? Are they paid to not do good, or are they just not good riders? Um, okay, well, first of all, they're all fucking fast. Um, probably, you know, some of the, obviously the best riders in the world. Um, this year's been a little different um, with the, you know, uh, like the guys from, obviously the top five are all there, uh, from Tomac to Barsha are all there, but then... There's a big gap from like six to 12. A lot of those riders got hurt this year, so we're missing a, a quite a few. So that's why it's like the top eight or the top eight or nine are kind of like in a big group, and then it kind of tails off. Um, Is so, Bogle in that top eight or nine? Uh, well, he just came back. He 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 won races last year, so yeah, he would definitely be in the top eight or nine. All right, so he's he's on a, he's on a comeback season right now. 
yeah, he's he's make he's actually been struggling more than people thought, but this was a step in the right direction, I guess. All right. But if, if this was a betting sport, I would bet on him for a lot, and I think I'd win eventually. Uh, maybe can you gamble on? Can you gamble on dirt bikes? Is that a thing? No, but they they got fantasy. But you signed up mm. for that. I don't know about that, but um, I think we should get it on like Bovada or like a bet site, and I think it would take off. All right. Well, maybe you should hook, set that up. I'll talk to my bookies. Anyway, so the other guys, like pretty much eleven on, are what what we call privateers, Kaminsky. So the the top guys are on like a team. They get paid. Um, they are out of a semi. They have factory equipment, like equipment straight from like the manufacturers. Where the other guys are kind of doing it on their own. They're driving all the races on their own, stuff like that. And then with like there's since there's forty guys, a lot of times they'll have like local guys will show up and stuff like that. So that's why they're not at the top with like Eli Tomek and stuff, but no, they do not suck. Okay. I, Cause the way I saw it, I could definitely place in the top, top 38 out of 40 um, on a, on an unexperienced dirt bike. Cause I've never ridden one, but I'm, I'm fairly confident that I could go top 38 out of 40. Minsky, if you can uh, make it 10 feet, I'd give you a hundred bucks. Well, I've got someone's dirt bike in my fucking garage that's not moved yet, so I'm going to take it 10 feet to the curb and then sell it. All right. Uh, send us a video. I will post it on the site because uh, your weak, scrawny body could not handle a 450. I think it could. I, I handled living with you, and you're like 250, so. Oh, makes no sense. Anyway, uh, so what what do you think of the track? Are you taking any notes on that, or are you just watching the riders go uh, around? Um, being that this is my first um, prop experience, I didn't take many notes on the track. As a matter of fact, it took none. Um, I did notice that the track has a pretty big hill, and it's named after the owners of the track. They said that in the uh, in the podcast or in the in the video. Yeah. So so since I had you watch the, I'll have you watch the two fifties next weekend. But there's two riders in the two fifties. One's hurt right now, but they're Jeremy and Alex Martin. They're brothers. Their parents own that track. Oh, and how come they didn't win? Does it not work like that? They were in the 250 class, so you didn't watch that. Uh, but he actually got third overall, I think. Anyway, didn't win. But they usually do pretty good there. Interesting. I noticed, though, I, I did, did take note of this. Uh, there's lots of step-ups on that track, and there there's some step-downs. There was some step-ups, step-downs. Way to go, Kaminsky. It seems like a really, a very hilly track. Um, was it was North Carolina, right? Uh, Minnesota, but close. Minnesota, all right close um in the same vicinity of the united states um but uh there's also a creek there i noticed that the people swim in which seems kind of gross and dangerous is that a normal thing are all dirt bikers unsanitary like that or is it just for fun well that's spring creek which the track is named after and a rider named nick way a couple years ago actually crashed into the creek racing um it's why why is that unsanitary to go in the creek um leeches Bugs, sea monsters, you name it. It's, it's, just... it's no different than us going swimming at the dog beach with all the red tide the other week. Yeah, but that's you know, that's a big gulf, and it's circling. And then in rivers, fish fucking that, and it's gross. Well, it's a creek, not a river. Creek, creek, river, water slides, same difference. They're all gross. All right. Anyway, so for next week, I'm going to have you watch the 250s, um, and I want – a couple things you look for. There's a, a pretty good whoop section. In, That's whoop. when they make a hard turn, right? 
Not at all. I'll, I'll let you figure it out. Oh. And, and you can let us know next week whether or not you figured out what a whoop section is. You'll probably hear it on the broadcast. All right. And I want you to, gotcha. to take note to the differences in the soil uh, from this weekend and next weekend at Washougal, the dirt. Okay, so it's going to be dirt versus soil? No, just take dirt and soil, same thing. Just see what the difference is because the tracks are, are completely different. Okay, I'll give that a I'll give that a look. See, the props are different, as you would say. Okay, the prop the prop ground is different. All right. So, who's your as since you watched your first ever motocross race? Who's your favorite rider? Uh, Bogle. I I like that. I'm gonna coin the Bogle on Bogle, which is kind of uh, a reverse compliment because it's, it's not, not it's good not to have a Bogle. It's not a compliment at all. No, it's like a backhanded compliment because we're saying his name and getting his name out, but. He's, he's getting bogoed, which I know in dirt biking and bropping is not a good thing. Can we get Bogo on the show? Uh, we can try. I don't know if you know this, but he's a rapper as well. Oh, wow. We should get him on the show and do a rap as well. And we can sit in the same, the same booth and talk about things. Is he going to be in the next race? Can I pick, on, pick him? No, he races 450s. So you're watching the 250. I'll, I'll get it. Is, he, is he anything like Eminem or Little Wayne? Can you hear it now? Yeah. What are we thinking? It's pretty good. He's got a he's got a good flow. I like that. That's that's he's a clear winner and a strong rider comparably to the other guys, I think. And I'm excited to watch his career uh, unfold ahead of my eyes on a weekly basis when I watch the pod or when I watch the uh, the races. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, you can you'll probably tune in every weekend now because you're a huge fan of the sport. Clearly, and now I'm gonna only watch races and not do research so my lack of knowledge sticks as a going point in Kaminsky's corner mm -hmm. so keep that in mind that's that's if the viewers think it's good we, you know we might not even have another segment next week if they all say they hate you um I think your views are definitely going to go up at least 10 percent so going from 100 to 110 uh, once I tweet it out I'll get at least 10 10 watches on it okay listen so you don't watch a podcast because there's no visuals that too. Okay, before I let you go, Kaminsky, uh, who's winning next weekend? Actually, give me your top three. Um, can I say for four fifty or two fifty? Four. You don't know anyone into fifty, so four fifty, obviously. Okay. Well, I'm gonna go Bogle number one, obviously, first, my guy. First place. Uh, yeah, first place. Roxon, he's gonna get his consistent second place as usual, and then I'm gonna go Musquin. Um, Tomac's not going to be in the top three. Moosequin is going to be number three, um, just because I think that's the way it's going to play out. Gotcha. Uh, nothing other than the fact that I, I I like their names like that. All right, George, uh, thank you so much for your time, and I look forward to speaking with you next week. Um, I'll send you the link for Washougal 250 Moto 2. Hopefully, uh, the sound works for you, and you know, take some better notes. Was there anything I missed? Did you take any more notes that I didn't? I didn't no, answer? I. Uh, um, oh, ooh, chasers. I know that is not just something you take after you take some sour alcohol that you don't like. Um, it's the person chasing the guy in first. Yeah, no, absolutely not. Yeah, it is. No, it's not. Well, what's a chase? There's no, no such thing as a chaser in motocross. There's a chase, and then the a chaser and chasers is when multiple people are chasing down first place. Watch the watch the the video; it's in the top eleven minutes. So they might have said he's chasing him.
I'm telling you, watch it, and then we're going to play the quote from, from that next week. I swear to God. Was it the South African guy that said it or the American guy? I, I think it was the American guy. Oh, also, follow-up question. Do I get paid for this? Uh, I'll buy you a beer. How about that? Next time I see you. That's perfect. That's all I need. All right. Well, I'm glad I don't have to break the bank on you. Sweet. All right. See you, Kaminsky, and I'll talk to you next week. All right. Thanks, Kurt. Have a good week. See you next time. Later. Well, all right. Uh, thank you guys for sitting through that i guess so that's kaminsky's corner let me know how you guys like it figure we'll change it up a little bit maybe get some comedy in there the, guy, the kid thinks he's funny so i let him have a go at it uh let us know what you think about it and uh we'll uh well, maybe we'll do it next week um all right jeff walker all right on the line to round out episode 10 of whiskey throttle radio is michigan's own jeff walker what's up buddy Hey, what's going on, man? Thanks for having me back. Yeah, of course, man. Um, you know, before we get to anything, I want to apologize because it seems like ever since you came on the show the first time, uh, you've had a little bit of bad luck. <laughs> yeah, I know. You were hyping me up with that 23rd at high point, and then uh, crap really hit the fan these last couple rounds. <laughs> but, I'm, I'm taking full blame. Uh, we, we rebounded a little bit at Millville, so it's all good. I don't, I don't hold you to it. Yeah, I was, was going to say, it was, it was awesome to see you had a pretty good weekend at Millville. Um, I don't know if you've watched the TV program yet, though. Dude, you're on TV a lot. Really? Yeah. No, uh, I, didn't, I didn't watch it back. Yeah. Basically, after the weekend, I'm so sick of dirt bikes, I just <laughs> I just chill. <laughs> yeah, first first moto, you're on there a couple times. Um, and then, like, even in between the motos, like, when they were just showing, like, pictures of the pits, like, you were walking by. <laughs> and then the second moto, when RJ went down... Uh, you came out right in front of him, so they like panned on him for like half a lap, and it was just you out there too. So it was it was pretty cool to see you got some TV time. <laughs> the Florida boys getting some TV time in like thirtieth. <laughs> hey, all that matters, you're on TV, all right? True that, true that. I'll take it. Hey, as long well, as I wasn't getting lapped. Eh, no one knows that. You know, it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> um, all in all, though, how was your weekend? Uh, it's a good one. Millville is always pretty gnarly just because it's so uh, soft in the elevation. It gets like these insane downhill uh, braking bumps and everything, especially coming down Mount Martin when you're like fifth gear tap going straight down. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, um, past couple of weekends, well, ever since Muddy Creek, really, I've kind of just been like battling uh, an ankle injury, which I haven't really been able to ride or train much throughout the weeks and stuff. So that's going on like three or four weeks now. So especially paired with how gnarly Millville was. My fitness definitely wasn't where I wanted it to be and just kind of forgot what it was like to complete a whole moto because <laughs> Red Bud I DNF'd and uh, Muddy Creek I DNF'd. So, yeah, just got back into the swing of things, put in a couple solid results. It was actually probably one of my best results, the second moto um, with a 28th. I was running, like, I think maybe 25th or 26th for most of the moto and really wanted to keep on that, but... Yeah, like I said, my fitness just failed me a little bit there at the end. Yeah, with the I know you're dealing a little bit of an ankle injury too, so I'm sure that kind of played a role in there too, maybe a little bit of a fade. Yeah, um, honestly, it was really just like my body just kind of started shutting down. Like it wasn't even that hot, but I guess I was sweating a lot or something because uh, right up to like 25-minute mark, I started getting like crazy Charlie horse cramps in my legs and my thighs and stuff, so – 
that made it a little difficult <laughs> at one point uh like maybe halfway through the moto my dad put on the pit board eight guys right behind you so that was really i was grinding that moto <laughs> i think fine, it just took it out of me not what you wanted to see <laughs> towards the end of that yeah moto. not at all especially when i'm 20 minutes in and i'm like all right finally maybe i can just relax a little bit and then look behind me and there's just a freight train of people who are out for blood so yeah it was definitely a gnarly moto but glad to get through a whole weekend without anything major happening no injuries no bike issues so it was just a success for sure yeah definitely and um you know just you know going back a little bit uh, i want to talk a little bit about red bud i was i was hoping you were gonna have a super good weekend first moto wasn't too bad uh and then you got a flat and then uh obviously you're in that huge first turn pile up and the second moto man that was probably one of the gnarliest pileups i've ever seen Dude, yeah, that was definitely one of the gnarliest ones. Um, but, yeah, that first moto, again, I was feeling sort of good, like up in the mid-20s, I think, and then just uh, had a dumb little fall, and I think I might have gotten like 30th or something like that. Uh, was definitely looking for some redemption that second moto, but, yeah, it came out of nowhere. I was honestly pretty far to the right on the gate, and, uh, like, it happens like straight to the left of me out of my vision, then all of a sudden there were bikes just flipping in front of me, and, yeah, that definitely was not a fun one, but luckily I just kind of caught the tail end of it, and uh, I think, like, I didn't even crash that bad, but when I went down, I think someone's rear wheel was spinning, and I just put my arm down into it and got kind of tore up. My whole left side was, like, pretty swollen and bruised and scraped up, so I actually kept going and uh, got, like, 28 minutes into the moto, and then I got a flat, so... <laughs> Yeah, I thought I was being a soldier by grinding through after that uh, that crash and still DNF'd anyway. So, good times. Yes, that's just what you call bad luck right there. <laughs> Not really much you can do to prevent that. You know, yeah, I know. That's kind of the story of the past couple weekends other than Millville, just uh, mechanicals and just weird things happening. But, yeah, definitely happy to get Millville. Solid result. It has to suck, too, to look over and uh, your buddy RJ's all beat up right next to you too dude yeah me and him have been eating shit all over the place seems like <laughs> every time i uh come around he's laying on the ground or i'm laying on the ground so yeah we really need to figure our stuff out yeah Soon. Are you, oh yeah you say you didn't watch it rewatch it back he dude savachi landed on him at millville pretty good i don't know where savachi was going yeah. but he landed right on rj oh my gosh that's kind of a weird section too because I saw him laying in the corner. I don't even know how you could get landed on there. <laughs> yeah, I think the inside Savachi. had that little like hill, and I, I think I think Savachi thought RJ was going to go up all the way to the apex of the turn up top, and then so I think Savachi tried to cut under him, but then RJ just never went up to the top. <laughs> he just cut over too. So it's pretty bad. man, no love lost there. I think Savachi kind of caused that whole first turn pile up at Redbud too, right? Yeah, that's what it looked like. Um, you were the star of that video, too. I think it was on Racer X. So, yeah, it looked like Savachi kind of <laughs> cut over uh, on RJ, and then RJ just went flying and everybody else. Oh, man. Not, no good. Yeah, you know, it's you, not funny, obviously, but it seems like you and RJ have been having the same bad luck since Muddy Creek. Um, you know, RJ's been having, like, one really good moto, and then something happens to him. It's not even his fault, the second moto. So, But, hey, that's motocross, and that's how it goes sometimes, right? I know. I was, I was laughing because that Muddy Creek first moto, I actually uh, got the gate, the farthest inside gate right next to him. And he was like, all right, dude, just follow me around the first corner and we'll be good. And I did, but, and I was going to come out like probably like 10th or something. And I just slid out 
So uh, at Redbud, we found each other again. He was like, all right, dude, just do what you did at Mil- or at uh, Muddy Creek. Follow me through that first turn. And, uh, yeah, it didn't work out so good this time. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. But, uh, you know, looking, looking forward now, you're, you're skipping Washougal and not making the cross-country drive. It's pretty far from Michigan. Uh, so what are your plans for the two weeks off? Yeah, just doing a lot of uh, recovery, I guess, really, like letting my ankle finally heal, have a couple weekends off. Because, like, my, my ankle would heal during the week, and then as soon as I rode on it, it would feel just like it did right when I entered it at Muddy Creek. So finally get a little time to recoup, definitely stay on the road bike, stay in the gym and stuff. But uh, just going to enjoy a little time off. It's been a long season, like, especially being a privateer and having to drive all over the country. It's, it's been fun, but it's definitely – Definitely hard work, man. So, yeah, just looking to do a little recuperation. I think I'm going to hit up a triathlon or two, maybe do some running races or something like that, and uh, keep the fitness up, ride here and there, um, let the ankle finally heal up, and then come out swinging it uh, the last couple. Yeah, uh, you mentioned triathlon. Uh, your definition of recuperation and my definition of recuperation are definitely different because I think I'd be sitting on the couch instead of going running and swimming and mountain biking. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I would absolutely love to lay on the couch, but I know if I did that, I'd come out at Unadilla and uh, absolutely get waxed. So <laughs> can't really afford to chill. But I actually, I really like cycling and stuff. So when I went down to Florida for school, I kind of thought I was like done racing dirt bikes. So I found a road bike group down there and I was road biking like 150 miles a week with these insanely gnarly dudes. So kind of had a little side passion for that. And then uh, my brother's a big runner, so he kind of, steered me that way so triathlons just kind of seemed like a natural path for me so i like to do that on the time off yeah definitely i actually used to road bike with that same group i probably went three times and i lost them after the first three miles so that was pretty much it (laughs) on the road bike it's gnarly dude that's one of those sports where those dudes are like 60 years old and still just absolutely kicking my butt every weekend so carlos allen i know you're listening to this talking about you buddy yeah carlos allen is an animal animal yeah. Especially with those oh, yeah. He's a freak. pink shoes and those weird little sunglasses he wears. But, hey, yeah, give it to him. <laughs> Whatever gets by. <laughs> exactly. You know, I wanted to ask, this is your first summer doing all or pretty much all the rounds. I know you skipped Thunder Valley and you're skipping Washougal. But how, how's the grind been, man? I bet it's taken a toll on your body. I know you've had some injuries. But overall, man, I bet it's rough. Yeah. Um, I've been telling everyone, like, obviously this is like my fourth or fifth year racing pro but it feels like my rookie season just because I've never uh, actually put in a really hard effort to do all of them before I would just kind of have like a month to get ready and then do a couple of the local ones so I, I feel like this is my rookie year I'm just learning a ton but uh, definitely the one thing that opened my eyes is like I can't believe how some of these dudes make it through a whole season without getting hurt like they they've all got to have some type of injury because I mean, I'm not even crashing nearly as hard as them, and I feel like I'm 80 years old. Mm-hmm. Like, my body is beat up, man. So it's definitely been a grind. Like, uh, yeah, a lot of preparation. Honestly, there's more prep work that goes into it than actually riding. It's like laundry, prepping my goggles, prepping my helmets, getting the van all loaded up, getting the bikes all ready to go, keeping them fresh. Um yeah, I definitely, along with being a professional motocross racer, it turns you into a pro mechanic, pro driver, pro uh, pro laundry doer, I guess, pro chef. So it's been a it's been a pretty awesome season. Definitely 
um, learning a lot for next year when I do it again. So, yeah, it's been a lot of fun, but definitely a lot of work. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm sure your prep time and all that is way more than your time actually racing your motorcycle. Yeah, especially because, like, after I get done with the race weekend, my body's just trashed for three days pretty much. So I ride maybe, like, once or twice during the week and then race weekend. So most of the time is just prepping and driving pretty much. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, Jeff, hard-hitting question. What do we got to do to get you in the points these last three rounds? What do we got to work on? Honestly, it's it's really just my fitness at this point. Um, I mean, I, I have some good speed, and, like, the first couple laps, I'm passing a lot of the guys who are getting points. And then, like, halfway through the moto, I watch them pass me and just pull away because my lap time suffers. So I think I just need to focus on getting in absolutely killer shape I think I've got like five, five uh, more weeks until Indiana, which is kind of a local track for me. So I'm hoping that that will be a good one. And I mean, it will definitely take a lot because there are factory dudes getting like 18th and 19th. Mm -hmm. So you pretty much have to be, you know, the first person after the factory riders. So definitely a tall order, but I think, I think we can still do it. Yeah. You, you know, talking about how there's, you know, pretty, I've been talking like Austin Root and Challen Tennant. And, I mean, these guys were great amateurs coming up and all that. Were, I mean, Challenge Tennant wrote for Star as an amateur. And he's getting like 18th, 19th. And and you look at the guys that are finishing in front of him, and it, it, they're all factory dudes. It's The 250 class is probably one of the more stacked classes or one of the more stacked years uh, that I've seen recently. It's insane. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even like the full-on factory dudes like McAdoo, I think he has missed points a couple of the rounds like, it's super gnarly, man. I mean, definitely no joke this year. Last year, it seemed like 250s were way easy, and that's kind of what pushed me to do it this year. And then all of a sudden, dudes are just coming out of the woodwork. It's like top 15 guys are all complete factory riders. The next 10 guys are like, you know, the satellite teams, and then guys like me after that. So it's yeah. crazy. You definitely have, have to have a lot of luck and just lay it down. But, yeah, I think we can still do it. Yeah, I mean, I just pulled up the points right now for the season. And the first, like, true privateer, uh, Austin Root, 21st in points. You know, uh, Jimmy D's 20th, Enzo Lopes 19th. Like, everyone else is on is in a semi or factory rig. I mean, it's it's stacked. It's crazy looking at this right now. <laughs> yeah, they're on a, on a factory bike. They're, like, half my size, too. So, <laughs> It's not easy, definitely. I think I think my riding definitely fits the 450 better, but um, I really like riding the 250, even though, you know, these little kids are kicking my butt a little bit here. Yeah, I was going to say, you're definitely not the, the shortest guy out there, or the smallest guy out there. Um, you're more like uh, Aaron Plessinger, you know, kind of taller and uh, a little bit bigger than these guys, so I'm sure that adds even more of a challenge. Yeah, unfortunately, Aaron is absolutely killing it, so I can't really use my height as an excuse. <laughs> That's true. That's It's the wood stuff. I'm telling you, Jeff, it's the hair scrambles. You know, Aaron Pleasure rode jeans yeah. to seize all these times. You know, I just think you put in a full offseason at these FTR hair scrambles, and you're, you're top 15 next year for sure. Man, I don't know if I believe you, but at this point, I'm willing to try anything, so... You never know. Maybe I'll try my hand at a couple more this season. As long as there's no cows, yeah. I'm in. Pick one without cows and without like some gnarly tight stuff, and I think you'll do pretty good. All right. Well, you're on. I'll do some. <laughs> hey, well, speak but if you don't get top 15, never again. 
<laughs> uh, speaking of Florida, though, uh, when are you coming back down here for school? I feel like that's kind of before, definitely before the season ends. Yeah, uh, school starts August 20th, so I think Unidil is the 11th. Um, then I'll head straight down there, do my first week, and then Indiana is uh, – or I'll be skipping buds because I'll be down in Florida, obviously. But then uh, – Indiana is the weekend after school starts, and pretty much the whole first week of classes is just like syllabus week. So probably gonna end up skipping a couple classes, fly home and do that. So definitely setting a good example, skipping first week of class. Yeah, it's, it's syllabus week; it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, be good. <laughs> well, all right, man. Uh, thank you for coming on again. I just wanted to come on, and uh, you know, I think of you as a Florida rider just because you're down here, and. Um, just wanted to get you back on and see how the season's been going and wish you luck on your the next two, I guess, you're doing. Uh, and we'll definitely have to meet up when you come down here and uh, you can show me how to ride a dirt bike. <laughs> we'll do, man. Yeah, I wish I had a couple more good results uh, to talk about, but maybe maybe we'll do a third rendition of this at the end of the year and hopefully we'll be uh, we'll be cheering over some points or something. I'm, I'm thinking top 20 at Indiana. Like you said, it's kind of a home race. I think top 20. Stamp All it. right. I'm calling I'm it right now. It. Stamp it. <laughs> All right. That, that makes me feel good. Appreciate it. All right, Jeff. Thank you much, very much, man. Enjoy the rest of your day, and good luck at those last two. Yeah, no problem, man. Thanks again for having me on. This was a blast. Yep. See you, bud. Later. Straight caught up in the game. My life won't be the same. Straight Caught up in the game the life that's how i live try to get out tell me how to survive without my crew armani's ferraris casinos hitting jackpots good luck i think not we own the car from block to block city to city all day every day it's like a celebration for the criminal nation hey mido wife and kids that's what i need want to go out like a man try to understand without blood on my hands dear god please save my soul i put the rest on hold not seven i still got time to reach heaven a million reasons to get out choose one there's only one to put the nine millimeter to you don't, then you gone. Did I do right or wrong? Tell me. I might drop some tears from my eye, but you never see me cry. Champagne, spit bombs like crazy insane. LA to Stock Town, different players caught up in the same game. Am I right or am I wrong? Straight.